I believe it's fitting that the first topic for this podcast be not only about Alex Jones, but also in the defense of Alex Jones. Alex Jones, along with David Icke, Aaron Russo, Bill Cooper, Mark Dice, and a slew of others, woke me up. They, through their their research, their speeches, their documentaries, their talk shows, offered a much different look at history and and logic and reason, rationale, common sense than was provided to me in high school and through uh, family and friends. I will forever be grateful to people like Bill Cooper, Aaron Russo, who are both uh, passed away now. Bill Cooper, I believe, was murdered. I also believe that Aaron Russo was murdered. Aaron Russo was was a buddy-buddy with uh, David Rockefeller and came out against him. Um, I'll also forever be indebted to Alex Jones, who, if you think about, like, today's... Today's journalists are pussies. Today, there, there really aren't many journalists today. What I mean by that is a journalist was essentially somebody who would break, who would, well, yeah, sure, break news and bring it to everyone uh, and not, not necessarily have a, their own spin to it or a, a spin that is so heavily in disagreement with the truth as the, the journalists today, especially the liberal left, the media of the liberal left. It seems like I woke up one day and things were not as I knew them to be. And it, 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 uh, I'd, it the majority of it has to do with the liberal left. The and as well as those on the right, the Republicans, the conservatives, and us. And mind you, how I just said that I am not a Republican, I am not a conservative, and I'm not on the right in any way, shape, or form. I'm not on the alt right. I'm not on the alt light. I'm. I'm. I do not participate in that. Now, people will give you titles. They'll call you things. I don't want anything to do with that shit. Certainly don't want anything to do with the Republicans. I don't I don't put myself into a group of man-made politics. Uh, that sounds like it sounds like it could be pretentious, but it's not. I've, I've fucking thought long and hard about this. As I do with most of the major issues that affect everyone. Um, I suppose before I go any further, I should speak a little bit about who I am and and what this podcast is about. I'm not going to go into too much detail because eventually throughout these podcasts you'll you'll hear what I'm about and where in in different parts of where I come from and things of that nature. Um, <clears throat> as a as a quick summary, uh, I was born in in Mount Home, Arkansas. I was raised in Tennessee and Michigan. 
some in New York. Uh, I come from a broken home. I no longer speak with my father or his side of the family. Um, my mother is a staunch Democrat. Uh, she's also in part why I am a devout Judeo-Roman Catholic Christian. Uh, it's, a, it's slightly confusing with that because she also claims to be Catholic, but she also claims to be liberal. Now, I believe that no, in one, uh, I was raised in a far more conservative household than my mother would agree to today. And that's the same with my sisters. And, and so I have two other sisters, uh, both about nine and 10 years ahead of me. Um, I wasn't raised, like my father was a hippie, uh, sold dope back in the day, smoked a bunch of weed and, and it, now he's like, he wants to be like cowboys and shit. My dad always liked the South, although he was born in Michigan. I was born in the South and, and grew up half and half. I'm kind of a half breed, if you will. Um, I'm Scotch Irish and I come from the Roark line of the Cherokee Indians. Um, I, I was, I guess, best described as an agnostic atheist or an agnostic slash atheist up until I was about 15. My mom, the, one of the only things that she's ever asked me in her life was, uh, for me to go through confirmation. She said she'd never shove it down my throat and she never did. I mean, I really never went to, to mass or, or service or anything like that growing up and she just asked me to go through and get confirmed as a Catholic. I think it was more so to appease my grandmother. And then she was never going to make me go to church or anything like that afterwards. So I said, okay. And uh, I said, this is, you know, it's just a couple months, it's a day a week, whatever I can do it. And so I started and I had been through these doors numerous times before. I'm focusing a little bit more on this part because it's, it's fairly important. Um, until one day, now, again, I had been through these doors numerous times until this one day. It was actually night. I walked through the doors of the church and the best way I can describe it for someone to, to understand it is that I heard not just that I heard it was I didn't hear it. it God spoke to me and I know how that sounds. God speaking to me. Think about it like this. So I come from a broken home. My parents were 600 miles apart from one another. One's in Tennessee, one's in Michigan. I, when I, like I, I lived with my dad and uh, went to school here in Michigan. I live in Michigan now. And uh, although I wish I could live in Tennessee, I've got two children. And I go by the moniker of uh, Jack Murphy. Uh, I do that because I have two kids and I, I, I love my family and my friends. Right, my loved ones. I don't want them to get hurt. I know I'm going to say things on here that's going to cause people to be upset. Now, I don't want anybody to get hurt. However, um, there are people that are okay with that. There are people that would, because of what I believe and what I'm saying, they would want to hurt me or the, my loved ones. And uh, I mean, that would turn me into a whole nother animal and I don't want to do that. I want, and so I'm, I'm trying to take the step to have this be as, in some areas, as cryptic as possible so I can protect the ones that I love. Um, even from death threats and stupid shit like that, you know, that maybe somebody isn't going to do anything and they just want to scare me or my kids. 
<clears throat> or my loved ones. So that's why I'll approach it from this angle. Anywho, so my parents lived 600 miles apart. I lived with my dad and it, funny enough, it wouldn't happen when I'd come home to my dad, but when I came home to my mom, I'd walk through the door and it was the smell, the fear, I'm sorry, the fear, the smell, the lack of fear, essentially, uh, the, the feeling is what I meant to say of home, right? I, I was safe and I was secure. I was loved. It smelled great. It was, you know, that's just what my mom's, it was clean. Not that my dad's house was ever dirty. It was just, it wasn't like my mom's. My mom's, I felt home. It was home. So then I eventually moved down there with her and I went through all this and I walked through the doors of this church one day and it was this feeling of home. Now it wasn't, it wasn't a feeling. It was a knowing. And if you can try to wrap your, your mind around it, why I'm having difficult, difficulty explaining this is because of what it was. I guess it was, in a sense, a feeling like home just multiplied by a hundred or a million or a hundred million. I mean, it was, it was an experience that was so profound that it was hard. It's hard to articulate what it was, what exactly it was. But it was a knowing, and then it was not a saying. It wasn't talking like I'm talking to you now. It was an understanding. And the understanding was, this is where I want you. This is your home. This is where I want you. And now it wasn't to say, all right, stay here and you can never leave or anything like that. It was, this is your home and this is where I want you. I.e., I want you to be a Catholic. I want you to be a Christian. I want you to be here want you to worship me. I, I know you and now you know me. Um, fast forward. Uh, so that was, I was 15. That was about 20 years ago. I'm 35 now. Fast forward about 10 years and I came across the, the Zeitgeist movie. It's a movie, it's a documentary made by uh, Peter Joseph. His mentor was Acharya S. Uh, I would say in a way her mentor was a lady by the name of Madame Blavatsky, who was also, uh, influenced by, golly, what's his name? He, he called himself, he was self-titled the most evil man, also self-titled the beast. And to, um, and to the church of Satan, um, was influenced by in a way. Not, not that, not that Levine guy. It was who Levine was inspired by. Man, what was his name? You'll hear me say it eventually. Not today, but maybe another day. Anywho, so I watched that and I reverted back to atheism. It, it shook my faith to the core. It broke my faith. I'd never been, I've never been given this information before. And the way that documentaries obviously work is that especially somebody that speaks the way that he does. There were all sorts of planned um, aspects of the movie. Peter Joseph is a very good speaker and he speaks attempting to be one who has authority. And the documentary uh, uh, platform or 
were um, outlier, not outlier. It's uh, the, uh, just the way in, in which you receive this information through the documentary is as if you were in a, a lecture with a professor talking to you. Now, you're not going to question the professor because the professor knows it and you don't. So you can't ask any questions in a documentary, right? You can't, you can't rebut anything right there. And at that time, there really nobody had been had pieced together all of this information to, to provide it. And so there, there really wasn't any, any, um, any debunking or, or arguments made against this, this film. So I was being given this information through this documentary that uh, at the time was actually on YouTube. Luckily, it was, it was uh, free. And uh, so it was essentially, I thought of it as truth. And there was nothing I could argue against it. And so at that point, thinking that this was the truth, I had to, I had to, I had to confront it. And so I did. And it broke my faith. I reverted back to atheism. And I went through the five stages of grief. Um, I had lost my identity. I essentially had lost everything that I was. So uh, thanks to Peter Joseph and Acharya S, Madam Blavowski. Uh, Madam Blavowski also either influenced or mentored. I think I feel like she was just an influencer, but I, I feel like I also heard that she mentored somehow Jordan Maxwell, but I think she was too old. I don't think she would have been able to. So maybe it was one of her people that she had mentored, mentored him. Jordan Maxwell is a piece of shit. Anywho, uh, so I went through the five stages of grief. This took about a, a week. And I was physically, in the beginning, I was physically ill. I, I, my stomach was upset uh, because of this, because I had lost my faith. And uh, after I went through all of that, after a week, I finally, uh, about a week, I finally said, I finally confronted it. And I said, all right, so um, what is the most, if there is no such thing as God, because at that point to me, there wasn't, there's was no such thing as God. All right. There's no such thing as God. What do I do? What do I, where do I go from here? I had a purpose. Now I don't, I had something to live for. Now I essentially don't. What is life? There's nothing. All right. So what's important? Thank God that God put this into my head or else I'd be, I, I don't know if I even be fucked. I might've been probably would have been, but there would have been a lot of other people that would have been fucked too. Had I thought, as so many atheists do, and thanks to Sam Harris and Lawrence Krauss and the rest of the four dickhead pretentious horsemen, had I thought to maximize pleasure and minimize pain, I would have fucked up a whole lot of people. But God said, no, the truth. The truth is the most important thing, not pleasure, which is the pain scale upon which Sam Harris uses to be the great arbiter of morality. Instead of thinking that it was pleasure, I said truth. Okay, I'm going to get back to Alex Jones, I promise. And by the way, this is kind of my thing not just kind of my thing. This is my thing. This is what this 
podcast is going to be all about. I branch, I branch off on on all the talking points on all the issues and and the topics. It's just what I do, and I try my best to get back to it. But understand that I'm just a dude with a cell phone. I don't have a, a team behind me on this podcast. I'm not using a like a massive microphone and all this other shit. I'm using Anchor. Luckily, Anchor developed this app in order to allow people like me to have podcasts and send them out there. So um, it's there's going to be a lot of this type of shit that I I branch off in a whole bunch of different areas and I start from a singular topic or maybe a couple of topics and, and then I just keep branching off. Now I try my best to get back to it, but I'm going to have a lot of times where I'm going to forget my train of thought and things of that nature. So, And you might hear me say a whole bunch of, of the same stories. Anywho, um... So I reverted back to atheism and I said, all right, what's the most important thing? Most important thing is truth. Well, I'm going to start since I had just been duped by Christianity. This is what I'm thinking at the time. I'm going to start with this. I'm going to start with um, the Zeitgeist movie. It's the first part of the first Zeitgeist movie. It's called the Zeitgeist movie. The first part is called the greatest story ever told. This is the part that fucked me up. And thankfully so. I'm very thankful that I went through don't be scared of the truth no matter what. And in fact, and I'll get back to this. In fact, I have written on my wall uh, on in my office at home, which is an incredible thing to say because I don't come. Having an office is big for me. Like, I don't come from money. In fact, I come from the fucking gutter. My first bed was a drawer. Now, this is the story I was always told until all of a sudden my mom and uh, until Donald Trump won and my mom went crazy. I voted for Trump. The first bed I ever had was a drawer and a dresser and a closet. So therefore, my first room would have been a closet in a two-bedroom apartment in Mountain Home, Arkansas. hope I just didn't give away too much. Anywho, um, my sisters were both in the other room. So I don't come from much. My dad had to hunt for our food. I, get, I don't come from money. So anyway. Uh, I have an office, and on the wall, I wrote in my own hand, truth, i.e., always follow it. If God doesn't exist, I'm wasting my time. If you can't say that as a Christian, you've got some work to do. You've got some self-reflection to go through. If God doesn't exist, you have to confront that idea. If God doesn't exist, I'm wasting my time. You have to be honest with yourself. Luckily, for us, he does. Now, I started my research, and it changed the way that I did research. From then on out, I said, all right, for every issue, for every big issue and something I'm going to research, I'm going to find five credible sources on one side of the issue and then five credible sources on the other. And then I'll see what sources there are in between that really don't have much of a dog in the fight, but apparently have an opinion. Does that exist? Yes, I am proof. I am not a Republican and I am not a Democrat. I am somebody that comes to the fold saying, give me the truth. I don't give a fuck who it comes from and who it hurts. Give me the truth. I want that. I don't want the influence along with it. I just want to know what the truth is. And that is the truth. 
And that is the most important thing because it truly is. So I started with Peter Joseph and it turns out he was a bullshitter, a massive bullshitter. All of these, what he did, what he did was he, he came up with all of these parallels of all of these quote unquote gods and demigods who were all fictional, right? They were uh, from Greek mythology, Egyptian mythology, uh, uh, Hindu mythology and all of that other. And did I say mythology? Yeah, I don't agree that, that Hinduism, Buddhism are real religions. Uh, some people make the same argument who aren't Christian. Um, so there's all of these different gods throughout history before Christ that had quote unquote similarities or parallels to Christ. And what it was supposed to do was to say, okay, well, see, Christ is nothing unique. He had been, he was essentially the product of all of these different prototypes put together. And it doesn't really say by who, but I think it mentions that it could have either been the Jews, the high priests of the Jews, or the, the uh, Roman, either Roman soldiers or the Roman, um, not kings, but whatever Pontius Pilate was. So I started there. Now, uh, the, some of the biggest ones were Christ along with the, the three biggest ones that they talked about was Horus, which was e Egyptian, uh, Osiris, no, I'm sorry, uh, Mithra or Mithras, which was Greek, and then Krishna, which is Hindu. And along with a whole slew of other ones, uh, they'd said that Christ and all of them have these parallels being that they were all born on December 25th. They were all born of a virgin. They had 12 disciples. They were all called the lamb, uh, the, the anointed one. Uh, they were all crucified, stayed, died, stayed dead for three days and then resurrected, uh, walked on water, performed miracles, all the shit. So in starting with all that, let me just point out the number one most glaring thing. Well, two things. One, Peter Joseph is a cunt. And the reason I call him a cunt is because that douchebag must have got pushed around and bullied. I know this because I was. And I know some of the mentation that you go through and what you try to do in order to make yourself feel better. I swear to God, I think this guy sat down on in his summer and memorized all the biggest words that he could from the dictionary. Because that's how he talks, just like Sam Harris. Only Sam Harris, well, they both kind of talk with a measured tone, like, like the doctor does when he's sitting on the edge of your bed to tell you like some bad news or something. It's a measured tone. It's intended to be that way. And he uses these great big fucking words that piss me the fuck off. I can follow along. I know what the words are. But what I what you're doing is what a, a muscle-bound dude would do in a, in a gym, right? You're going to flex on somebody. I don't need you to flex with your intelligence on me, dude. Like fucking, that's not real intelligence using big words and taking five minutes to describe a yes or no answer to a question. Real intelligence is taking something complex and breaking it down to layman's terms and explaining it to so that everybody can understand it. That's real intelligence. But anywho. Uh, Peter Joseph would do this time and time again. He'd just go into these long, drawn-out fucking uh, things to make himself the ex explanations and answers in order to make himself sound more intelligent. Well, 
if you're going to do that, you might want to make sure that the shit you're claiming is true. I swear to God, it's like he thought people wouldn't look into this shit. The first thing, and I, I hope that, that you out there that consider yourself smart would have picked up on what I said. The first parallel that Jesus Christ, Krishna, Horus, and Mithras, along with however many others, were all born on December 25th. Well, if all of these other guys were born on December 25th, okay, that's impressive, I guess, that you figured that out or you picked that apart or whatever. Christ wasn't. It has never been taught in any church that Christ was born on December 25th. You got to understand that when the Catholic, I'm sorry, when, well, it was the Catholic Church, but when the church was first forming and they were coming across pagans, pagans uh, worshiped during the winter solstice, along with the summer solstice, along with uh, 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 worshiping uh, nature, essentially, on the winter solstice and things of that nature. I said nature twice, sorry. When when uh, missionaries would convert the pagans, the pagans, it, it's just like today, like I've seen a lot of people do this, where when you first believe it's this super powerful thing and everybody, everybody jumps on board and they're all happy until something comes along. Christ actually has a parable about this. It's the seed that fell in the soil. Well, when time would come around, what they noticed is that I think I missed my stop. Sorry, I'm driving right now. Is that, let's say when the when the winter solstice would come around, some of the pagan converts would revert back to paganism because of the tradition of worshiping nature. It's actually where we get the, um, the pine tree, the Christmas tree. Uh, they would, they would revert back because of these old traditions. I mean, think of, think of how nostalgic it is when you look back on the good parts of your life and, and celebrating Christmas. Could you imagine uh, being a Christian, celebrating Christi Christmas every December 25th and then converting to another religion and how hard it would be to want to go and celebrate Christmas with all of the rest of your family on December 25th? You know, well, that's what it was for them. So what Christians did, and you'll hear atheists say it all the time. It's in a very callous way. They'll say, oh, well, they Christians just stole it. They just stole their tradition. We didn't steal shit. It's called adoption, okay? They adopted certain things in order to make it a little easier for the converts to stay converted, i.e. bringing in the Christmas, the pine tree, and decorating it and putting presents under there in order to make the converts stay converted because they still miss their traditions. It's the same with Easter. So this idea that, oh, the evil Christians, God damn it, dude, I'm so sick and tired of these fucking atheists and assholes like that, which is usually the New Agers, right? It's all these fucking people that have mountains of problems and have to go see shrinks and yet we're the assholes. Because what? We made it easier for people to stay converted? Go fuck yourself, dickhead. Anywho, um, yeah, so that went on. And then 
Oh, anyway, uh, back to it. So yeah, December 25th. No, that's, uh, Christ was never born on December 25th. We've never taught that. That's what I'm pointing out to you is in a documentary where you hang so much on these parallels and you want to cause people to do what happened to me and lose their faith. You might want to be fucking right about what it is you're talking about. So when that happened, I go, God damn it. How in the fuck did I not pick up on that? Well, it's again, everything's planned. Everything was planned out for Peter Joseph and Acharya S in order to put out this movie the way that it did so that people would be helpless to the information that they were given. Even if it's wrong, they would still take it in as a belief. It's called propaganda. Wow, I'm spending a lot of time on this. Anywho, so I I ended up researching the rest of it, and turns out uh, the rest of the fat, the quote unquote facts were just either uh, stretched out facts, uh, stretched out truths, um, shit put together that that didn't go together, or like the majority of it, flat out lies, as I just showed you. Christ it was never taught to have been un- born on December twenty fifth. Oh, and mind you, Mithra, Krishna, and uh, Horus were never born on December 25th either. That's a load of shit. And any Egyptian, like you can go out and watch that movie, which I suggest doing, especially if you're a Christian. Go watch the movie and then do your research. Follow the truth. Don't ever look away from the truth, even if it ends up that there's no such thing as God. The truth matters. And I'm saying that because I believe that if you were to follow the truth, if everybody did that, it would lead them to Christ. Christ said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. So, uh, in a large part, sorry I spent the last half hour uh, giving that story out. I'll give you a little, uh, little secret knowledge, a little inside baseball. This is the fifth time, I think it's like fifth, sixth, maybe even seventh time that I have made this podcast because shit keeps going awry and I have to delete it and bring it back up. It could be the sound or I, I didn't like the, the whole direction or whatever. Anywho, back to it. So Alex Jones is going through some serious shit right now. I love Alex Jones. Alex Jones is a real journalist. He broke into Bohemian Grove and exposed the world leaders to the world. I mean, we're talking Bill Clinton and the Bushes, the Bush, I hate when people say dynasty, the Bush dynasty, um, all sorts of shit. Showed that these guys, and mind you, like there was a shit ton of gay escorts that were shipped in, uh, along with some straight shit, but if you're going to sit there and go, no, nah, it's just like this place where they go and they have, dude, they dress up in black robes and put on a two hour long worship fest to Moloch, the owl God who actually represents the devil. Uh, the owl always represents wisdom and the devil is, or the accuser or the enemy, uh, is said to have been the most beautiful angel. Uh, beauty in that sense, in that word means intelligence. And it has been long known that Moloch, uh, the owl god, is actually Lucifer. So, there's that little breakdown. You're going to learn a whole bunch of shit. And I'm going to be happy to give it all to you. 
That being said, um, Alex Jones is uh, is right about most things. The Sandy Hook thing. Uh, let's see the Sandy Hook thing. The to not question these shootings. I don't give a shit how much evidence that you have that it actually happened exactly like the narrative. I don't. I don't. I don't get all fucking bent out of shape because somebody questioned a shooting or it's authentic or authentic authentic authenticity could say that word english motherfucker do you speak it i don't why would i give a fuck dude if i were to get into an accident oh sorry dude if i were to get into an accident and have my fucking leg amputated and some shit and then somebody were to like say online oh i don't think you really got into an accident First off, that's stupid. Second, I don't give a fuck. See, this is why they have to point out, oh, well, because of Alex Jones. Alex Jones sent his trolls after the mom and dad. No, he didn't. He never said that. I've been watching Alex Jones since 2005. I don't know, 10, 15 years, something like that. Uh, No, that's bullshit. No, you know what? I got to actually, I got to walk that one back. I've been watching Bill Cooper since 2005. I've been watching Alex Jones since 2010, 11, 12. So, yeah, about 2012. So, six years. Still quite a, quite a long time. And pretty religiously. I know that dude. Like, I know the shit that he talks about. I don't know him, but I know the shit he talks about. And I... Listen, um, people like Lawrence Krauss spew out this bullshit of, oh, I only believe in empirical data. No, he doesn't. He is a lying little fucking sex addict piece of shit. Because he's a nerd, too. You look at the motherfucker and you're like, God damn, dude, you are ugly as shit. There's all sorts of shit he could have done to make himself look better. But he's like, he wears the white New Balance with the fucking khakis. But he's not Jim Harbaugh. And he's got the balding, but he's got long hair on the side with glasses. Just ugly as sin. Um, This motherfucker sits there and says, oh, empirical data, empirical data, empirical data. But then he fucking turns around in this same debate that he was having with Dr. Fuck, what was his name? Dr. He's a really good Christian theologian. Um, oh, I forgot to finish the rest of my story. So I, I researched the rest of the Zeitgeist movie. It all turned out to be bullshit. Uh, eventually, through more research, I ended up coming back to Catholicism and uh, it actually galvanized my, my faith. Uh, it's not to say that I'm not, uh, that I, I would, I wouldn't still look at the truth. I absolutely do. It's why I wrote it on my wall. It's to always look for the truth no matter what. But I am a stronger Catholic today than I've ever been. Um, again, because it, the truth has led me there. So, See, see what I mean? I don't have a team to fucking keep me on point. Like, hey, dude, uh, you know, you were talking about this or you were talking about that. Especially when I'm driving and I'm getting, like, kind of fucking freaked out as to where I need to go. Um, I have a couple different jobs. And today I had to drive. Let's see, I'm at 35 minutes. I got 25 before I needed to be there. Um, I had to drive some ways to get here. <sighs> Where was I? 
Lawrence Krauss, Empirical Data, which is a load of shit. Because then, he, oh, that's why. He, he'll fucking turn around and talk about um, universes popping in and out of existence. The only quote-unquote empirical data the dude has is uh, essentially the Big Bang Theory, right? That would be a universe, an example, or um, proof that a universe can pop in to existence if it went along with the Big Bang. Now, the Big Bang, let me point this out for any of you that don't know this. Maybe I can fuck your, your, your solidified settled science bubble a little bit. Uh, the Big Bang, for also for those of you that think that Christians can't believe in science, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, if it wasn't for Christianity, we wouldn't be where we're at today with science. We, we created it. You're welcome. Uh, the Big Bang was... Um, God, I gotta spit this out. Was thought up by uh, Monsignor Georges Latimer, or Lat Latmater? Latimer. I think it's Latimer. It's French. Fucking Frenchies. He was a good guy, though. Monsignor Georges Latimer. Uh, that's right. He was a Catholic priest. Came up with that thought, that theory, and it stuck through to today. But you know what people do? Like, uh, what's his... Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, which I've seen him not do this too. I've seen him. I've seen him say, uh, "Father George's," but what he would usually say is George's Latimer. He wouldn't say Monsignor. He wouldn't say Father. First off, and I know where we stand right now with the priests and shit that's going on. Uh, I'll, I'll get onto that here in a second. But uh, a real priest, a good priest, deserves to be called Father, or Monsignor or bishop or cardinal. They've earned it. It's just like a doctor. They put in the time. And if you don't know how busy a fucking priest is, uh, go talk to one. All right? Now, oh, you know what? I'll branch off on this for, for sure. When it comes to what's going on right now, this is, uh, we are in September. This is the 13th or 14th of... September 2018, we have the Philadelphia diocese that uh, just came out with all of the allegations of um, the abuse by priests on children. Now, look into this shit. Don't just don't just fucking hear the hear the Boston Globe come out and start running their cocksuckers about this. People, you got to understand, it's not just priests that are doing this. It's called clergy members. All right. So it can be a priest. It can be a deacon. It can, and by the way, deacons can get married. Uh, nuns. All right. Why am I saying that? Why? It sounds like I'm making it worse. Yeah, because I am. You know why? I don't want these motherfuckers in the church. We are supposed to be holier than thou. I don't want people who are going to molest children in the fucking church. What I haven't heard is, what's the number of parents who have been arrested for murder? I haven't heard that number. Because I can tell you, uh, if I found out that uh, uh, a kid I knew was being molested, 
I don't know if I'd pre- I I would go as far as saying this. All right, because everybody still, even if you're accused of something, you still need a trial. There needs to be a trial. You can't just go out and kill somebody. However, you can beat the shit out of somebody. Yeah. If a kid I knew came out, a kid, mind you, prepubescent, which would be pedophilia. Pedophilia is prepubescent. I think it's hebophilia is pubescent. That's another point I need to make, is that the vast majority... Wow, I'm not going to get on to Alex Jones. Fuck. Take this. I am going to defend Alex Jones. Probably need to make the name of this podcast, or this issue today, or episode, the epi, uh, something other than Alex Jones. (laughs) I'm going to get on to it. This will just be the introduction. Hi, I am Jack Murphy. This is my podcast. Um, fuck, where is it? Oh, you can beat the shit out of somebody. You don't have to kill them, and don't maim them. Just beat the shit out of them. Now, I'm not saying not. I'm not telling you to go and beat the shit out of somebody. What I'm saying is, if I were to find out that a kid that I knew, prepubescent kid, was molested by a priest, yeah, I don't think I'd be able to hold back. And if it's true, I don't want that priest being there. So let me let me go a little bit further into detail of where I stand on this. What the Catholic Church needs to do. Now let me take another step back. I'm going to keep making these step backs because I want it to be the truth 100%. What those in positions of authority within the Catholic Church need to do. We're talking deacon, I'm sorry, we're talking bishops, archbishops, cardinals and the pope. They need to put together teams of investigators from the Catholic Church to go and work with local authorities to find out the accused. Not just those who committed the action, but those who covered it up. Put them through a trial. Who's ever found out to have committed these crimes, either doing the crime, either doing the abuse, or covering it up. They need to be excommunicated by the church, which is the most that it can do, and then handed over to local authorities for them to to do with as they see fit. Along with that, for any accuser that lied, they need to be excommunicated by the church and handed over to local authorities to do with as they see fit. That's what needs to happen. That's what must happen. God, man, if I was in charge of shit. I don't want pedophiles in my church. I don't want bad people in my church. I don't want people who would ever abuse a child in my church. Another point to be made is the vast majority of cases are hebophilia. Is it hebophilia? Hepophilia? It's not pedophilia. Priests usually are not left alone with uh, uh, kids, with kids that are prepubescent children. The only, the, usually the only time that they're left alone with uh, quote-unquote children or minors are pubescent. So we're talking 13, 14, and, and up. All right? And it's usually the 12 to 14-year-olds that are the ones that, that get molested. Now, I'm not saying this in order to try and fucking defend anybody who's done anything wrong. As I have said numerous times, if I found out about it, uh, if I come across one of these priests, uh, I'm 
I don't think I'll be able to hold back. And that's coming from a devout Judeo-Roman Catholic Christian. I don't want bad people in the church. We are supposed to be holier than now. So let's be that way. Just because they fucking did it in your church, don't why why would you cover that up? This so to me, uh, again, so why I brought up Lawrence Krauss earlier is Lawrence Krauss, I wouldn't want as a detective, and most other people wouldn't either. You cannot go by only empirical data. All right. Empirical data serves its purpose. I'm not saying that you can't include it. I'm not saying that at all. In fact, it's very, very important. But you also need your gut. You also need to use rationale, logic, reason, ra- uh, uh, common sense. Okay. And sometimes you're not going to have the data. You're not going to have the absolute proof. What are you going to do? Fucking throw your hands up in the air and stop living? You can't prove love. Which, by the way, is proof that God that God exists. It's empirical proof that God exists. You don't know what empirical means. Yeah, I do. We all know love, all of us, in one shape or another. We all know love. Don't bullshit me, homie. I know this shit, okay? You cannot prove love. Yeah, you can. It's chemicals, blah, blah, blah. No, the chemicals come from a trigger. Okay, it's the love that triggers the chemical reaction. Chemicals just don't fucking come about. And those chemicals happen from the triggering of seeing a loved one or hearing a loved one or being in the presence of a loved one. Did you not know that? Um, sorry, I'm pulling off. That's what she said. Oh, so anyway, um, yeah, don't, no, Lawrence Krauss is an idiot. On top of the fact that he's a, he's, he's uh, a walking contradiction. Oh, empirical data, and then he turns around, yeah, universes pop in and out of existence all the time. Or they could, quote unquote, they could, but you can't believe in a higher power of any sort, you dick. And yes, the Bible is evidence of God's existence. I am so sick and tired of people fucking. I'm not so much sick of the atheist or really the new age. The old age atheist, listen, this is what it was. The atheists were the ones that said, well, there's just not enough evidence for me to believe. Okay, I, you want to go get a beer? Deal. And the, the theists were the ones saying, yeah, there is enough evidence. All right, cool. We're all good, right? Yeah, all right. We're not going to try and kill each other? No. Okay, good. And by the way, you you don't, you can't get somebody to believe by forcing them to believe. It's never going to work. Okay, I would never put a gun to somebody's head or a knife to somebody's throat and say you have to believe like me. I would never do it. You, the only way you get people to change their mind is through influence. That's it. That's the only way that you can do it. However, Bill Nye and fucking Lawrence Krauss and the pretentious four horsemen, even Sam Harris, believe that we're psychopaths because we believe in a higher power. And what do you do with psychopaths? You jail them up. You put them in a mental ward. Get them re-educated in the re-education camps. Oh, Lord. Oh, where was I going with this? Lawrence Krauss would not make a very good detective. Neither would any of the other ones of these guys because they, they, they will not allow themselves to use their gut instincts. Well, I, I think I'm done for now. I think this was a pretty decent introduction. I'll listen to this later and come up with some maybe some finishing thoughts because I feel like I have a great big one that I just am not finishing because I'm at my destination. I need to get. I need to get.
so a little bit in, on who I am and, and um, what I stand for. I'd say pretty much the majority of this talk is that. But next time it'll be about Alex Jones. I am a massive supporter of Alex Jones, Bill Cooper, Aaron Russo, Mark Dice, David Icke, all those guys. Uh, Ron Paul, Rand Paul, uh, Dinesh D'Souza, all of these guys. Um, I have some, some things in the work, some plans that uh, this is actually a part of. So when it all comes out, um, I, I will make myself a little bit more known. Hopefully it all goes according to plan. Um, hopefully, hopefully you like this. Uh, you know, whether you like it or not, glad you're listening. <laughs> and uh, I'll have a lot more content to come out. Um, and hopefully I don't say um a whole bunch and try to talk with fillers. I hate that. Trying to work on it. And I want to make it a little bit more funny too. Some funny shit, some serious shit. And, uh, yeah. I, uh, with the other one, uh, you might figure out who I am. I don't, I don't want to say it. I do and I don't. Um, you'll find out more about me. And we'll talk in the future.